This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Until Saturday. Max and Sam here with you. And it's time for Red River Week. Are you excited, Max? Are we fired up for Red River Shootout? Oh, I, I'm so excited. Um, but I'm not. I, I've, I've received many texts from people being like, oh, come in. Can't wait to see you in Dallas this weekend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I will not be in Dallas this weekend. I will be at my brother Sam's wedding in Maryville, Missouri. Very, very stoked for that. Um, ceremonies at like three. So, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm not sure I'll even know who won Red River until uh until it's way too late um so i'm i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a little bit of a, a little nervous nervous mess there i'm ex- i'm so excited for this game i don't want to miss yeah. a second of it yeah i am too first time both teams are undefeated since 2009 is that right it's both teams are five and oh going into it uh i just came off the weekend from austin got to see the longhorns it was uh they're looking good uh even even though you know they played with their food a little bit in the second quarter they still won by 26 and they've beaten every single team by double digits. So this is a pretty good Texas team that's coming in here. Uh, yeah. And, and Oklahoma looks good so far, too. So we're going to talk a lot about that on the show. We got Gabe Eichard from SiriusXM Big 12 today. You also know him as OU Sideline Report on the Senior Sports Network. He's going to join us later in the show to Great talk about today. the upcoming matchup. Elite yeah, guest And he today. played. He played in four of these. So he gra- gives us some really good perspective for it. Um. We'll also have our pick six later, and we're going to go, as we like to go at this time of year, go state fair style. We're going to talk about some fair foods. We're going to go through the list and and examine what the best foods to try will be. So we'll do that and draft, just like we drafted before. We're uh, drafting. And Sam, I've built a big board. I'm ready food. for this. <laughs> you got it all <laughs> mapped out? You like your fantasy draft? Yes. I love yes. it. I love it. I love it. And, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the teams, top teams in the country. We talked about Texas. We'll talk about some other teams. We'll do some blind resume talk and uh, compare to get you a sense for just really how difficult it is to to parse through all these teams. Uh, as always, be sure to follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Drop us a five star review. If you leave a question with your five star review, we'll answer it on the show. Of course, subscribe to Until Saturday on. YouTube. That's where you can get the live streams on Thursday for the picks, Friday, uh, Saturday night for the reaction show, Sunday for the sound off. Which Max, you had a lot of fun on that sound off. I saw you silent for about ten minutes while Oven and Ari went at it about the college football playoff <laughs> expansion. People, so. people will forget that I appeared on that sound off, but uh, but I did. <laughs> I had a front row. I was seat. watching it. You were just you were just stone faced for a while. I was like just kind of waiting waiting for the lane to open so you could drive in there. But uh, those sound offs are good and. <laughs> And and if if you send the right voicemail, then or you can get Ari off on a tangent and get and get that kind of uh, get Ari dropping f bombs. I think is it was an, it was an enjoyable point. show. Um, I hope I I think despite everything that occurred on the show, I I enjoyed it. I think people will enjoy listening to it. Yeah, yeah. If you want to leave a voicemail, three one six four six two nine eight five two three one six 
462-9852. You can text or you can leave a voicemail. We prefer the voicemails because it's great to have those voices on the show. And sign up for the Until Saturday newsletter. You get your daily fill of college football news right in your inbox. I wrote the Monday newsletter this week. I wrote about Texas and why the Longhorns have a case for number one. You don't have to be a subscriber to The Athletic to do it. Just check the description in the podcast show notes and the link will be in there. Link to YouTube and all this other good stuff is in there too. But Max, I talked about why I think Texas is number one. So I'm going to run through, run you through a little quiz here. Let's do mm-hmm. some blind resume comparisons because we, we're right now Georgia's number one, Michigan's number two, Texas is number three. We know all that. And the voting, I think that you've maybe seen some shift in the votes, but for the most part, the top three seems to be the top three. But I want to run through some resumes here to change the way maybe help inform us about how we think about these rankings because we're five games into the season we're october now i think at this point we should start be moving away from preseason projections and what we think teams should be and what they actually are so i'm gonna line up a couple resumes here i'm gonna quiz you and you tell me a who you think is the better resume and b who you think these teams are ready Mm -hmm. all right here we go first resume one this team has four wins over team FBS teams that are above 500. The one road win over ranked team, average margin of victory, 23 points a game, and combined record of their opponents, their FBS opponents, 17 and 8. Pretty good, right? Pretty, Pretty good. good. So, I so think I know who that is. Resume two, one win over a team that's above 500, as opposed to resume one that had four wins over above 500 teams. No wins over ranked teams. Average margin of victory, 21.7 points per game. And the combined FBS opponents record of this second team, 7 and 13. I just said 17 and 8 for the last one, 7 and 13 for this one. So which one's the better one? I think think resume one is better. I'm going to guess resume one is Texas. Bingo. Good job. Resume one is Texas. Do you know who resume two is? Is it Georgia? It is Georgia. Okay. Georgia is resume two. No I think the, wins I, over ranked teams right now. I like what you're doing with the combined opponents record because I feel like that is we're getting it. You know, we've entered October now. I think it's time to start counting that up a little bit and factoring that. And I haven't really heard a lot of discourse around that. But and look, Texas is aided by the fact they just played Kansas and Kansas is, is four and one now. But I mean, I think that I think that starts to mean something. Texas is a. Uh, uh, combined opponents record is going to get even better this week too. Uh, mm-hmm. So you add a five I, and O team to it. I think if you if they win this week, probably pretty valid valid argument for number one. I would think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they have one now for sure. But Georgia's they, their wins are over Auburn, South Carolina, Ball State, and UAB. Mm-hmm. Of course, Texas has the win over Alabama, which. Maybe looked a little rough after Alabama's game against USF, but they're starting to bounce back. They're four and one. That Wyoming team is four and one. Kansas is four and one. So, and they've got two road wins uh, to Georgia's one. So, so interesting, interesting comparison for those two. Let's get yeah. you, let's get you through another group. I'm gonna give you three. This may be a little much, but I'm gonna give you three because these are all pretty similar, but that the rankings are not necessarily similar. So, okay. resume three. Two wins over teams above 500, no wins over ranked teams, 28 points per game margin of victory, combined FBS opponents record 13 and 12. Resume four, three wins over teams above 500 to two of resume three, 
no wins over ranked teams, 36.6 average margin of victory, and combined opponent's record is the same as resume three, 13 and 12. And then lastly, resume five, three wins over FBS teams above 500, no wins over ranked teams, 27.6 points per game margin of victory, and combined FBS opponent's record, 13 and 12. So all three of these resumes I just read of, their combined FBS Basically opponent's identical. record is the exact same, 13 mm-hmm. and 12. The only they None of these teams have beaten ranked teams. They all have a similar number of wins over teams above 500. The only real difference is margin of victory, uh, which resume four is 36.6. So they're pretty hard to distinguish. Who do you think these teams may be? Are, when you say ranked teams, is it ranked today or is it ranked, ranked at, at the, the time? time. Ranked at the time when they Ranked played. at the time. Yes. Okay, see, because that throws because I know I was gonna guess that these are the three Pac twelve teams, but we know Oregon has a win over a ranked Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, one of them is a Pac twelve team. That's only one of them is a Pac twelve team. One of them is a Pac twelve team. All right. I'm gonna take I'm gonna assume Washington's one of them. Washington is one of them. Correct. Good job. And then See, Ohio State's got a win over ranked. Florida State's got a win over ranked. Uh, is Penn State one of them? Penn State is not one of them. Penn State beat a t- ranked 24th ranked Iowa. Oh, of course. They beat Iowa. This- yeah. <laughs> uh, Michigan? Michigan is a second one of these. That's two. The last one, I'm going to give you the last one. It is Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So the fascinating thing about this is all three of these resumes are basically the same. Yes. But Michigan is number two. Oklahoma is number 12. Mm-hmm. And Washington is number seven. So they've all accomplished basically the same thing. But they're all in wildly different places in the poll. It, it does feel like, and you, you would think that this starts to fade as we get into, what are we, like week six now, right? Mm-hmm. It, does it feel to you saying like people are still holding last year against Oklahoma? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, I understand. That's- okay, there's not a there's not a game on the schedule. Um, you know, yeah, SMU wasn't ranked, or like there's not a game on that schedule that you know they should have played Georgia this year, and that game got canceled. People are knocking the schedule and the quality of opponent, but how? Yeah, I mean, how is that different? How is that different from what Michigan's faced so far? Right. Exactly. That's my that's my point because Michigan's schedule has been pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Not as bad as Georgia's, I guess, or at least in terms of record. Uh, Georgia's played two SEC teams. Those SEC teams have not been great. Michigan has played only one Power 5 team, but they've played two 4-1 and one teams so far. So they have a better opponent record at this point. But Oklahoma's, they've played two Power 5s. I guess uh, Cincinnati and Iowa State, the two Big 12 games. They played SMU and they played Tulsa. They played two road games to Michigan's one. And then Washington has played two road games, and they've played three power fives. They played Michigan State, Cal, and Arizona. Mm-hmm. So the, they're all interesting and different. But I think you're right. I think people are holding Oklahoma's last season against them, and that's why I wanted to do this because when you look at what Oklahoma's accomplished right now, and by the way, as I listed all those resumes, the one with the largest margin of victory was Oklahoma, thirty six point six. They're beating teams a little bit uh, by larger margin than Michigan and Washington, at least to this point. Uh, 
you know, Washington's blowing up some teams, but I think I think probably yeah. that seventy spot that Oklahoma dropped in Arkansas State helps that uh, <laughs> right. in the small small sample size. But but that that's that's interesting. One. I'm gonna throw one more at you. Well, one more before we move on here. Okay. Uh, th- this one I found fascinating, and I'm gonna give you a hint that one of these teams that I'm gonna throw out here is not in the top ten. So resume one. I'm sorry. Re- yeah, well, resume one in this group. Mm-hmm. One win over a team above 500, no ranked wins, average march victory 29 points, combined opponents record six and 19. The next res resume two, one win over a team above 500, one ranked win, 24.5 margin of victory average, and combined record of opponents seven and 14. So, I think the first one is USC. It is not. It's not. It is not USC. We mm. are. Wait, you're right. Actually, no. I'm. I. I goofed that up. You are right. The first one is USC. <laughs> okay. First one. Is I cannot USC. read my. I cannot read my own spreadsheet. It is number. The first first one is USC. But what is the second one? The second one is not in the top ten right now. But the second one is also five and zero. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. Is is the ranked team? Are they still ranked? No. Okay. I just fell out of the rankings. Mm, I don't know. Who is it? It's Kentucky. Number 20, Ooh. Kentucky. So number 20, Kentucky basically has as good a resume at this point. Their average margin of victory is 24 points a game. People aren't talking about yep. that. That's right. That is right. And so the Wildcats, who are sitting at 5-0 and and number 20, have basically the same resume at this point that USC does. So, and again, that goes into preseason because we were thinking USC coming into the year, top 10 team, top five team, maybe a playoff team. We're not talking about that way about Kentucky. And not to say that Kentucky's beaten a burner's row. They beaten, they just beat Florida, which was the ranked team. And of course, Florida's now falling out of the rankings. Yeah. They beat Vanderbilt on the road, Akron, Ball State. I'm not sure Florida's going to be ranked again this year. I, I don't think that. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. But they, they're, the combined record of their teams that they've beaten seven and 14 FBS teams they've beaten is better, slightly better or best about the same as USC's, which is six and 19 because USC has played three, one and four teams, an O and five Nevada. And then they beat Colorado. Who's now three and two. So USC schedule is kind of crap at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, and they played, they played Arizona state and Colorado close back to back. The the thing with Kentucky too, I know it's easy to just look at that Kentucky Florida game and say, "Oh man, Florida, you're you know they're going backwards. What a mess!" Billy Napier, hot seat, all that kind of stuff. I don't don't overlook that Kentucky's running back Ray Davis, who they they brought in from Vanderbilt, ran for almost 300 yards in that game. Like they've uh-huh. they've figured out what they're doing offensively. They've mm-hmm. got their Chris Rodriguez replacement in Ray Davis. Um, I you know certainly they feel like they've they've uh, got a good quarterback in Devin Leary too. Yeah, that is. That Kentucky team is uh, should be ranked higher. They should. Uh, yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that's just a, a style of play thing that gets held against them a little bit. But yeah, honestly, I'm surprised by that margin of victory. That's a team that uh, is ready to be talked about a lot more. Yeah. So this is why I say at this point, and, and we'll see what happens in Red River, I do think Texas has a legit case for number one because you look at all those resumes in Texas is better than any of them. We're really excited to welcome our next special guest to the show, former Sooner offensive lineman. You know him as the host of Big 12 Today on Sirius XM, Gabe Eichard. 
joins Max and Sam. Gabe, how are you doing today? It is the best week of the year, gentlemen. So I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to queue you up. It is 10.04 a.m. and Texas still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. I am, that is- for those of you, a little background about myself. I am born and raised in Oklahoma City, lifelong OU fan. Uh, was fortunate enough to go play at OU. Got to play in four of these. And so this this week, this game, it's when I when I say it's arguably my favorite week of the year. I am. I'm not kidding. Like it is a special special week for me for my family. So. I'm fired up in this Red River rivalry. It it feels big again this year. And I am I'm very, very excited. Gabe, what's your favorite one that you played in or your favorite memory from playing in, in, in the Cotton Bowl? Well, it's hard to it's hard to choose between 2011 and 2012 because we beat their ass so bad both years. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So I'm just That's gonna accurate. say both. Both of those seasons, 2013, definitely my least favorite. <laughs> Went three and one against the Longhorns in the mm-hmm. four I played in. And, you know, when you lose the one your senior year, not a lot of fun, especially when your team doesn't play well. We were, we played awful that day. Case McCoy. Case. Case McCoy. <laughs> but no, it's, it's an incredible game. And I'm excited to, excited to get into this one with, uh, with you guys. Yeah, no, no, we appreciate appreciate you joining us. Uh, of course, you did a terrific job covering the Big 12, but also covering the Sooners with your, your duties with Sooner Sports Network. Uh, but wanted to get into a little bit of this Oklahoma team and obviously a much improved group from what we've seen a year ago when you look at the metrics, when you look at how they've played on the field. Uh, obviously, you you know having a healthy Dylan Gabriel certainly helped. The defense certainly seems to have taken a step forward. But I'm going to come back to this to the game last year, which Texas dominated 49 to nothing. As a Sooner, how badly does OU want this one this year? Very badly. You want it every year, but last year, and I had a front row sideline seat to that. That's the least fun I've ever had at a football game Mm -hmm. as a player, as a fan, broadcaster, like whatever you want to, all my roles in my day that I've never had a more miserable time at a football game than at OU Texas a year ago, but that it's ready to put on some pads and go play quarterback just see if you can (laughs) improve the situation. It was, it was not good, Max. It was, it was not good, but you look at this team this season for Oklahoma and, and, and this this team, this Texas team this season, they're, it, it's not the group from a year ago for either side. And I think if you are, I think that's the message Steve Sarkeesian is going to be sending to his team. And I certainly think that's going to be the message that Brent Venables is sending to his team I think both teams are much better than they were a year ago. Now, to what degree? I think Oklahoma is is a more improved football team, but that's because they they just weren't very good last year. Texas, you look at this team, they were solid a year ago, but clearly, you know, they have taken a step and they're looking like one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of college football so far this season. So, I 
I get that people will want to bring up last year, especially Texas fans, and I totally get it, right? That's how this thing works. Mm-hmm. But I don't think what happened last year has much of an influence on this season because going into that game, I mean, there's a psychological component to a team knowing they're not going to have their quarterback. You got to realize all those all those guys for OU, they not to throw Davis Bevel under the bus, but uh, they'd seen him practice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They, they probably knew what was what heading into that football game. When you were running the Wildcat the majority of the game in the year of our Lord, what was that, 2022? Yeah. <laughs> not a particularly good situation, but I, I think both teams will have a completely different mentality heading into this one. Well, it's funny, you know, the I, I'm sure for Schmitty, it's, this whole year, it's more been whispering five and seven in their ear than than talking about that game, right? I mean, there's there's lots of motivation to choose from from last year. It doesn't have to just be this one. So this team, uh, I, I've been impressed so far, Gabe, by just you know they they've feel like they've kind of done everything right. I know people knock the schedule so far, um, but I, it, how could you not be impressed by what Oklahoma has put on the field? I'm curious. It's easy to point to the things where Oklahoma's better. In what ways do you think Brent Venables is is a better boss in year two in, in in the ways you've observed, you know, known him as well as you do? Yeah, we and we do a lot of things with Venables, like all of his yeah. media obligations throughout the week. He everything just seems more organized. Right. And you'll hear that if you ask around the program, it just feels more organized. Right. It, it feels like things are less chaotic, less hectic. This is something small, but you know, last year for whatever reason, he would he would just be late for his press conferences, and no one really knew why. And now he's on time. He's on time for his TV show on Monday nights. Like he's just it. It seems like all of the responsibilities that come with being the head coach at a place like Oklahoma, right? You're balancing a lot, and it seems like he's found that balance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of learning on the job, I guess, for, yeah. for him. Because yeah. this, this is mean, his you, first time doing this. It's a different this. routine, though. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you you don't know everything that goes into it until you have to do it, right? And, and I think Venables went through a little bit of that last year. And the most noticeable coaching difference for Venables is he's way more involved with the defense. And that's throughout the week. That's on the practice field. And that's certainly on game days on Saturday. OU's offense is out on the field. Venables is in the defensive huddle on the sideline, drawing up stuff on the whiteboard, going through cards. <laughs> like he is, I think he saw what they put on film a year ago and he was like, we are absolutely not doing that again. <laughs> and, and he's taken a lot more responsibility and he's more invested. And before the season, he said he needed to do that. It wasn't, it, it wasn't anything about anyone else. He was like, I needed it for me. So he's heavily involved when, you know, just during the game on defense and he's one of the best defensive minds, maybe the best defensive mind the last decade in college football. So I think him being more involved is definitely one of the reasons you're seeing the defensive improvement you're seeing from Oklahoma, along with guys just being more comfortable in the system, right? Uh, they they are way more organized before the snap. They, they it's last year there was a lot of there was a lot of fire drills going on right before the yeah. opponent snapped the football. Yeah. 
that has dwindled significantly. Uh, the defensive line, you add some guys in the portal. You move a guy like Jonah Laulu from the edge to the interior. And they've they've looked much better, right? The tackling is significantly better. Danny Stutzman's playing at an All-American level mm-hmm. at the will linebacker position. And then the secondary's got better athleticism, better length. Like I know we started talking about Venables, and I just went into telling you about the entire defense. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, I'm almost right. pulling a Venables as you I do it. You are pulling a Venables I, right now. <laughs> I, am, I am pulling a Venables talking about Venables. But it's it's much more enjoyable to watch defensively this year for Oklahoma. Now they're they're not where they need to be. And I, I don't think they're I don't even think they're as good as they're going to be this season, right? They're going to continue to improve because they got some guys that are that just haven't played a ton of put football that are playing some key spots defensively. But yeah, so far so good. But did I say five and seven earlier? I mean, I'm not so trying to I, give Oklahoma I wasn't any points. I was material. like, how <laughs> dare Max take that sixth win from wow. us? Wow! Oh, how, how dare he? Of course, we uh, all specifically remember that sixth win. It's a very memorable one. I'm drawing a blank, but yeah, I I apologize, <laughs> Oklahoma. They went six and seven last year, not five and seven. <laughs> Significant difference. Um, I I you know big name drop here, Gabe. But I was texting with the king of Oklahoma, Eddie Radosovich, last night. And he brought up something to me that I had not thought about. And I want to, I don't know if this is something that you get ranty about or how you feel about this, but can you explain to us, is it, is there still a faction of Oklahoma fans who don't fully believe in your quarterback, Dylan Gabriel? Yes, Where there is a there? faction. Although I think that faction is shrinking. Okay. I, I think people realize just how good Dylan Gabriel has been this season. And he came. He, he's coming off you know, one of his best performances. I thought the first half against Iowa State. Right? You just you don't score forty points and a half against Iowa State. No, that that doesn't happen. And that's what Oklahoma did. Looking back on Saturday night, Dylan Gabriel in that first half, I thought that was the best half of football he's played in an OU uniform, and it wasn't particularly close. He he's finding a whatever you want to call it, confidence, swagger, like an edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he trucked a dude for a touchdown run. I, I mean, he is, I, I think he's at the point where he realizes how important this season is for him and his football future, just like we all do when it's your last go round. Mm-hmm. But he, he is at his best, in my opinion, when he's playing really aggressively. And that is, and what I mean by that is like pushing the ball down the field and, and giving those wide receivers a chance. But yes, there are there are some OU fans out there that are convinced that if Jackson Arnold, who I think is going to be a star at Oklahoma, that if they took Dylan Gabriel out and put Jackson Arnold in, that that would solve every offensive problem that OU's got. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows, yeah, let's do it for OU Texas. Why not? Let's throw the true freshman out there who hasn't played really any meaningful snaps in a football game in college. Let's throw him out there in one of the most supercharged environments possible against one of the best teams in the country. What could go wrong, guys? <laughs> I don't know. We don't care for Caleb Williams, did it not? I, it, I mean, it did. <laughs> it did. But I feel like 21 was different. I mean, there was definitely signs with Rattler at that point that, True. you know, and there was, I, I feel like that dynamic was different than what we've got now where 
I don't is, is do you think that that is just fed though, Gabe? By this is the extremely high standard of quarterback play that Oklahoma fans are accustomed to now. Even though Dylan Gabriel's playing at that level this year, Bama Bama's going through the exact same thing right now. Right, they had a hell of a run at quarterback. Oklahoma fans look at it and go, well, the the quarterback position, it should be just like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Those were the three dudes we had in a row. Mm -hmm. Pretty good run. Two Heisman Trophy winners and a runner-up. I I mean, the standard is incredibly high. And this is the thing about Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold. Like, Dylan Gabriel's ceiling right with some of the things he can do physically it, it's not as high as jackson arnold's right? sure. we we all can acknowledge that but the floor the floor is much higher with dylan gabriel today because things can go terribly lo- wrong for a freshman quarterback i mean terribly wrong and i feel like with dylan gabriel you know what you're getting right you you know there's some limitations there but <laughs> He's playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the entire country right now. But that's never good enough for some fans. Man. You guys know how this works. <laughs> if they Fan win this game, then those fans will be saying Dylan Gabriel, Heisman leader, right? Oh, I, I think there's now Caleb Williams. My, my goodness. Very good. Yeah. Th- this just in. Here's Rather my analysis talented. of Caleb Williams. Very good at football. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I actually, I was thinking about this as I was watching him against Colorado. And I've watched a lot of college football. I think he might be the best college football quarterback in my lifetime. Wow. Which I just turned 33. So that includes Vince Young, Cam Newton, Tebow. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he is must-see TV for me. And I know some OU fans, and I know I'm an OU guy, but listen, I can put all that stuff aside and just watch the guy and kind of watch what I think is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen at this level. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Dylan Gabriel, his, when you look at this game, I, OU's going to need Dylan Gabriel to be great or else they're going to lose. Bottom line, uh, the matchup between OU's offense and Texas's defense, which I think uh, everyone wants to talk about Ewers and A.D. Mitchell and, and Xavier Worthy, and, and rightfully so, those guys are, are really, really talented, really, really good, but I think their defense is the strength of their football team. Mm-hmm. I think they've Agree been the more 100%. consistent unit so far this season for them, and you look at the matchup in this game, OU's offensive line has had issues getting the running game going, and I, I do think it's some 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 schematic things that they're doing that are a bit of an issue, but they haven't created a ton of movement at the point of attack in the run game. And I don't think all of a sudden that movement's going to come against Devondre Sweat. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, now, we'll see. You never know what can happen <laughs> in this game. You never know. Yeah. But Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy have been beasts so far this year. Byron Murphy is... I, I think Byron Murphy's their best pass rusher. That's one thing. If you're if you're looking for weaknesses for Texas's defense, I do need I do not think they have a premier edge rusher, right? Sorrell's good, but I I just don't think they have I don't think they have an early round draft pick on the edge right now. 
their interior guys are a problem, though. Mm-hmm. But Byron Murphy, his pad level, his quickness, uh, he is he he could be an issue mm-hmm. for OU's interior offensive line. And then Sweat, he's been an issue for everyone. That guy is way more athletic than people realize. To do some of the things he does at that size, oof, um, he, and he's really improved as a pass rusher as well. I think OU, they, they got to hit some big plays in the passing game. It's, and they're going to be competitive plays, right? Very Texas defensive, defensive backs, they're secondary. They, they're really talented. But that, I, I think that's where OU's going to have to find success because we just have not seen the Sooners run it very efficiently this season. And I'm just not expecting that to get corrected against the best front seven they've played all season long. Let's stay on Texas there. Obviously, you you, you watch the Big 12 pretty closely. How much a believer are you in Texas right now? We talked about the improvements. I, I think we've had some people discuss over this weekend after you know they 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 closed out Kansas by 26. They've won every game by double digits. Some people maybe argue maybe they're the best team in the country. Uh, h- how much a believer are you in the Longhorns at this point? I know this is going to sound just ridiculous coming from an OU guy. <laughs> I I have not seen a better team in the country on tape than Texas. Wow. They, they I, don't seem fraudulent this year. They really don't. I, I have watched every snap that they've played on both sides of the ball this season. At least once, a lot of them twice. And one of the things I do when I evaluate tape is like, okay, where are the weaknesses? Glaring weaknesses. I don't think Texas has any. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, hey, yours isn't great when he's got pressure in his face. Well, hey, this just in. Quarterbacks <laughs> suck when there's people right in their face. Right. It's not just a Quinn Ewers problem. They've got elite skill talent. The offensive line is playing playing at a, at a high level. I think there's still more there. I think Kel- Kelvin Banks played the worst game I've seen him play against Kansas. I don't know if he was sick or what was going on there, but but they, they've got a really good O-line. Ewers is solid. All of a sudden, Ewers can run. Just taking <laughs> yeah. off, ripping, ripping off touchdown it's like runs. like when C.J. Stroud just suddenly had that skill in the playoff yeah. game last year. Like, what? Yeah. what? Just like, okay. I mean, he's racing to the pylon and diving yeah. on naked boots on the goal line. Like, all right, Quinn, go ahead and do the thing, man. <laughs> but yeah, I do not see... I don't see any glaring weaknesses for him. And that, you know, turn it back to the Red River rivalry. That's where OU's going to have to earn this one, man. I mean, you're, you're going to have to outplay him. You're going to have to, you're going to have to have some things go your way, right? Mm-hmm. Bert Auburn, their kicker, struggling a little bit. Now, I think that you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to force viewers to make a couple mistakes. And, you're going to have to play at an extremely high level. You got to win special teams if you're Oklahoma. If you lose the special teams phase of the game, if you're Oklahoma, it's, you know, you're, you're not going to win the football game because if you just look at the rosters across the board, Texas is a more talented football team than OU. Now, that doesn't mean that they're just guaranteed to win this game. That's not how football works. Mm-hmm. But, 
you've seen lots of Red River games where Oklahoma is way more talented and Texas was not ranked and they were wild games. I ever was going into one of those games was the only one that I lost that mm-hmm. I played. <laughs> so it, it's that was guaranteed to be a slaughter that year. Yeah, I oh remember. My gosh, let's not talk about it. Let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> but but the uh, the bottom line is if OU is at their best. There's no doubt they can win this football game, but it, it comes down to it comes down to execution mistakes. There's people hate talking about. It. There's a little luck involved mm-hmm. in all of this, but yeah, Texas. When you just evaluate them, they're as good as I've seen this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, I think I think they're across the board. I think you hit it on the head, and yeah, you mentioned Quinn Ewers. Okay. Struggles went under pressure. Well, guess what? They also have Jonathan Brooks, who's out here running for, you know, man, that guy. All of a yards after yep. contact every time you turn. My my favorite term for a running back, and, and usually you know it when you see it, and that the term is juice. Yep. And now his long runs against Kansas give the O line some credit. I mean, mm-hmm. he is on the he is up to the second or third level of Kansas's yeah. defense, untouched, cleared out, full head yep. of steam. I mean, some good stuff from that O-line, but he, he's he got juice. He's got juice. So that is, o- o- Oklahoma's tackling has been very good this season. They've been really improved tackling, especially in space. Uh, there are going to be some one-on-one situations with Jonathan Brooks where that O-line gets stuff blocked up, and it's going to be safeties one-on-one with him in, in a little bit of space. Got to get him on the ground. Right, gain of five, six, seven. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. If you got to let him run you over and just hold on tight, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but they they cannot allow the huge home run run, and that is that's something when you look at kind of the advanced metrics for for Texas, their rushing attack, it's it's solid, right? But they have one of the most explosive rushing attacks. You know, Bill Conley tracks all this stuff, right? Rushing marginal explosiveness for Texas. They're 14th in the country. Success rate, they're 93rd. Hmm. So when you look at their rushing attack, it's okay, a few decent runs, and then boom, 40-yarder, 50-yarder, 60-yarder. Oklahoma can't give up the big, huge chunk runs. They just, they, they got to force mm-hmm. Texas to play some boring football. And that's, they got to force them to put 12, 13, 14 play drives together. Can't give up huge chunk runs and can't give up the type of plays that Alabama gave up to Texas, right? Those deep shots where yours appears to be making it drop from the clouds. They, they have to, they have to mitigate that stuff to, I, I'm not going to say to give them a chance. But to, if they want to win the football game, they got they got to reduce those types of plays. For sure, yeah, no doubt. A couple more things before we get you out, Gabe. Uh, one thing I want to go back was your playing days. This game is so big, and it's always circle on the calendar for, for these teams and the vibe and the atmosphere, the whole thing. When you guys get on the field, and there's that pregame jawn and and the guys are going back and forth before they go back in the tunnel. What is that like? I'm curious, just what is that intensity level like when it's back and forth across the, the Cotton Bowl field right before you guys go in the front tunnel? I I was not a trash talk guy 
right? Because I was an offensive lineman. It makes you really tired. It's wasted energy, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, but I talked trash in one game a year, and it was this one. And it was just the energy, the energy of the crowd, the energy of the fair. They take a huge football stadium and put it in the middle of a state fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. It, it is. It is. I think it's the, the, the coolest venue in all of sports. I, I really do. And yeah, there it's it's special. Anyone, whether you won or lost the games, right? If you played at Oklahoma and Texas, you got to play in this game. I mean, it's just a special experience. It's really unlike anything other. You you try to recreate the energy of this game like in your regular life when you're done playing. It's just I don't know, like jumping out of an airplane. I don't know what you do. There's just it's impossible to to replicate, but there and is, the opponent is so easy to hate. That's just a thing that's that's Texas feels is all so easy to hate. They think they're better than everyone else. All that money. Oh, Austin's so cool. Oh, right. shut up. Right. And that is, I'll give Sarkeesian some credit, man. When I was playing, and this was a conversation we had in the locker room before this game, like team meeting, like, hey, we are tougher than they are. They are soft. Mm-hmm. They all went to the Texas. country club pro. They think program. they're better than everyone. Little country club down in Austin. <laughs> James Patton, <laughs> my O line coach. They had a couple linebackers that would wear the white sleeves, right? And he would go, Oh, look at these guys with their white dinner gloves. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But that was, uh, and that was, that was honestly what we thought of them. And Steve Sarkeesian deserves credit. That's not what I think about him when I watch him on tape. The physical football team. It's a tough football team. He's done a very good job of upgrading that roster and I think changing that culture. I will never forget it. 2021, crazy comeback year where Caleb Williams comes in the game. I had never seen a more physical warm-up in my entire life, in my entire football career than what I saw from Texas before that game. Interesting. And I I was standing I was standing right there some of the Texas coaches cuz I'm wearing OU stuff when I'm on the radio call. Some of the Texas coaches are why this OU radio guy standing so close. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go and watch the O-line, right? That's that's kind of my my expertise, right? Sure. And these guys were beating the hell out of each other, man. Right before OU Texas. <laughs> And I'm talking about the radio broadcast. I was like, guys, I'm just telling you right now, I Texas is ready to go. Like they are ready <laughs> to go. They were going full on. They were doing like one-on-one run blocking drills, O-line, D-line, like getting after it, screaming at each other. I was <laughs> damn, okay, boys. But they I, I think Sark has I know he's changed the way that I view that program. Now they gotta they gotta put it all together the rest of the season, right? Or the people are gonna keep saying the same stuff about Texas. But just watching them on tape, physical, disciplined, talented. I I wish I could say they're soft and they suck. That's what I want to say, <laughs> but I'd be lying. I, I you you make a great point. Last thing for you here, I, I, that game. 
21 is so fun that and especially like we had a really good run before 22. We had a really good run of just extremely competitive games between these two games that like in 21 at halftime, it's a crazy score. But, the, you know, the fun about Red River games is these games are just never over. Right. It's just like every every freaking second counts in these games. But I want to ask you when the game is over, what are you getting at the fair? Same thing every year, Max. <laughs> it goes back to my playing days and I used to make my parents bring it to me. It is win or lose. So it's either happy, fair food or sad, fair food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> win or lose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Funnel cake, corn dog, random one here. Diet Dr. Pepper. Need a little crispness to get it going. Okay. okay. And then three wax cup beers. Wow. Because you, yes. you bust back when I was yes. like, hey, you bust back. So it's like, I, some, I have a buddy out there, Jared Foley, says the best, and this was back in the day, the best buzz you could have is you chug three beers as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took that to heart. Now I, yeah. I and I would, uh, and I still do it, right? I'm, uh, I'm not driving after the game. Mm-hmm. And it's just a tradition, man. It's, it, it takes some time to get that corn dog and that funnel cake, but. I'm doing post-game interviews now, so my wife goes and does it for me. So it's perfect. <laughs> I, I love the Diet Dr. Pepper to kind of cut that, too. That's a, yeah. that's a great... You need something to compliment. It's just staples. I know a lot of people want to try all the elaborate stuff. Listen, I want the staples. Funnel cake, mm-hmm. Fletcher's corn dog, and give me some cold beer. And I'm good. Is that like... So after... When, when you were playing, or even since... Is it kind of like it's like stopping at a gas station? Like you're just loading up for the ride home, basically. Basically, <laughs> is that what people basically, do? Well, uh, Coach Stoops would always give us a little time after. Okay, right, especially if we won, right? And that, so the first three I played in, we won them all. So we got like an hour to go, hang out with our family, say hi, go see the fair, and then like, hey, when you start hearing the buses honk, like we got to go. Okay, so that's awesome. We. That was kind of how we operate. So you got a little time to enjoy what what 90,000 plus get to enjoy before and during the game. So it's one of those old school stadiums. You can go in and out, man. So mm-hmm. it is uh it's different in that way as well. So I am I'm looking forward to being back. Yeah, absolutely. So so am I. Gabe Iker, thank you so much for joining us. Safe travels down to Dallas. Looking forward to seeing you at the Red River Shootout. Appreciate you boys. Thanks for having me. Great time talking about Red River, and we talked about the game. Now let's talk about the real stuff, the food. The State Fair of Texas every year is one of my favorite events because the food. Because they're all that we're, we're in Texas, we love to deep fry everything, and so anything that you want deep fried, we're going to do it. So Max and I are going to do our pick six segment here on fair food at the State Fair of Texas. We're going to Max is going to flip a coin just like we did the last time we did a draft. And then we will alternate picks on who gets what in the State Fair of Texas food draft. So, Max, do the honors. Flip the coin for us. See who gets first pick. Okay. Now, everything at State Fair is kind of divided into sweet and savory. So, I feel like we've got to each draft one sweet, one savory, and then okay. third pick, whatever wild card you want. It, it's Sounds nothing good. but wild cards today, Sam. When you go through this <laughs> list of foods, it's all wild cards. So that's awesome. Um, I'm excited to break it down. All right, flipping the coin here. You want to call it in the air? Yes. Heads. Tails. Now, I'm over two on the coin flips in this. You're over two. On here? Yeah. There you go. So you get the first pick, and you have prepared for this. You have prepared. I have for prepared. This in a way I got my. I, I got my list. 
<laughs> I love Gabe's picks, by the way. I didn't even think about the the uh, the the. I mean, throw in some cups of beer with these orders we're, we're throwing in, and, and a little That's diet Dr awesome. pepper. You're in heaven. Yep. Um, okay, I'm going to. I'm. I think I'm going to surprise you with my number one overall pick. Okay. And it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. Like, there's not one that's just far and away better than everything else. So you're still mm-hmm. going to get what you want. Okay. But Sam, I was going through it here. Did you see that they on the menu this year? Deep fried honey butter biscuit swirls. Oh my goodness! This is terrific. Is this a uh, is this a collaboration with Whataburger? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fried cinnamon roll that has chopped brisket rolled into it oh my gosh this looks terrific it says buttery flaky dough layered with a 16 hour slow smoke chopped brisket and then rolled and cut into swirls of smoky goodness deep fried and glazed with secret honey butter sauce crispy sweet fluffy swirls are sure to put a smile on your face damn it that does sound really good that's a really good pick. I think it's start. worthy of a number one pick. I feel, that I feel, is, and it's honestly kind of it's it's standing right on that 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 line of savory and sweet too. Like you're really getting yeah. both there. Yeah, no, that's 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 really good because you get the brisket, so that's good. All right, so I already know my number one pick because I think we last week when we decided we were going to do this segment mm-hmm. and we started going through the list of some of the foods. I already identified the one that I definitely want to try at the state okay. fair. All right. Bourbon, banana, caramel, sopapillas. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am a sopapilla guy, and I, I'm definitely down for bourbon, banana, caramel, sopapillas. It's, it's traditional sopapillas topped with vanilla, caramel-infused banana, sweet bourbon syrup, crushed candy pecans, sweet mascarpone cheese, crumbled vanilla wafers, dusted with powdered sugar. Yes, I, sir. I I love that they've taken that like, you know, it's not just the soap. Like, I love that they're just like, let's throw some chopped up candied pecans and some Nilla wafers <laughs> on top of that, like some extra crunch. Add the mascarpone like uh, it, it sounds unbelievable. Are you do you think you will actually get this? I think I will actually try to get this. Yeah, I think I will actually try to get this because I think this is the post game. So you, the pregame, of course, is the Fletcher's corny dog. Mm-hmm. Got to get that mustard, for, for plain ketchup. What do you mustard? Do I, I like mustard. Ye- just yellow mustard. mustard. Last last year we did the Bijan mustard tin. This year mm-hmm. we're just going to go back to our regular yellow mustard because I'm just a yellow mustard guy. Uh, but we'll do that for breakfast, and then after the game is over, and I have filed my story and everything, and we wander out when it's supposed to be in the mid 70s on Saturday, oh, which is perfect. a welcome change here in Texas because it has not been in the mid 70s in the middle of the afternoon in about five months. Uh, so I'm going to wander out and probably try to find this. So, uh, your pick pick, let's go to your next pick and let's go savory on this one. Okay. I'm man. There's some strong savory options. I, I'm going to go with the, Oh geez. I'm going to go with the deep fried birria bomb. Ah, producer Cam was talking about that before we got on here. I love beer. I mean, I love beer tacos. <laughs> I, I, you know, you, that that's a winning concept in the first place. Okay, but with these ones, they took they're going to take the the beer beef and cheese and mashed potatoes and roll them <laughs> into balls, and then they're going to fry these balls. <laughs> and I just, I mean. 
it, do, you know, do you need mashed potatoes in it? No, but it's going to hold it all together <laughs> perfectly. And then this is what they're so topped fair. with poblano ranch, fresh cilantro. You, you know, you get you get stuff to dip it in. You get the consummated dip. Um, looks like there's some guacamole as well. I mean, it just sounds it sounds heavenly. And I can't, you yeah. know, the, this is the kind of stuff. To, I, Sam, I can't make that at home. You know what I mean? You, only yeah. at the Texas no, State not Fair at all. can you get this. <laughs> that is that is a strong pick. Uh, that is a strong pick. All right, I've got my next one. My next pick and my savory pick are the deep fried cheesy crab tater bites. Oh, okay, I'm I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for some crab meat. Are you a big so crab guy? This is what's up. Are you a big crab guy? Yeah, I love I love crab. I love okay. I love some crab cakes or some crab etouffee. It's a uh, crawfish etouffee, but you can do some crab meat mm-hmm. or jumbo lump crab meat on a filet mignon is terrific. So okay, right. I, uh, I I I definitely like some uh, some crab meat. So this is minced crab meat, shredded potato, cheese, and spices formed in a tater bite, and then they go into the fryer, and then you get a cheesy Cajun sauce with onions, bell peppers, celery. So. I like that. I think that's a that's a solid. I'm I'm definitely into the bites. Also, the smaller yeah. the item is, the less messy. Like I, the messy stuff is great, at, but at the, the less messy Texas, it is, you don't really want to like fork and knife it very much. Yeah, exactly. Because you gotta you be able to like, find around. a table to sit down and all that stuff. Like you kind of want something you can keep it moving. Yeah. So cheesy crab tater bites for me. So what is your last pick, Max? I'm going to go sweet for my last pick. I'm going to do the Fernie's fried cherry pie in the sky. This is fried cherry pie made with shortbread cookies. Topped with crumble. Served with bluebell ice cream that's got some cherries on top. Again, like somewhat portable. Probably a little messy, but somewhat portable. Mm -hmm. You've got the ice cream with you. Um, I just... uh, just a classic American combination right there. Yeah. No, that's 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 pretty strong. Uh all right. My last pick. This is a lot of pressure because I only got then we're gonna after this to drafts here. over, we're gonna spend like twenty minutes going over all the things we left off. So keep that's going. right, that's right. No pressure. That's right. Um all right, my last one. I'm gonna go savory, and this is this is one would have to be shareable. Okay. Uh, Cam and I talked about this one before the pod also. It's called the butcher's block. It's a bowl, yes. and it's got it's three cheese macaroni and cheese with brisket on top, smoked brisket on top, fried chicken, candy bacon bits, jalapeno peppers, and a piece of sausage on the side. So if you didn't have enough with the mac and cheese <laughs> and the brisket and the fried chicken and the candy bacon and some jalapenos, we're going to throw some sausage on the side just to make sure that you get your heart up to the just so you can dip the rate. sausage in the mac, or you know, it's, it seems like one of those. It's like you've you've made the dish. And oh, and by the way, by the way, the macaroni is drizzled with a brown sugar chipotle sauce. Oh my god, that that sounds like they made the dish though, and then they realized the sausage link was just like sitting off to the side, and they forgot it. And it's like, well, just you know, it can come with, you know, it can help stir it up, you know, why not? Yeah. This this is one you wouldn't need like a fork or a spoon with though, and so I think this is one you go find like a bench and go grab a couple people and you all just kind of put a spoon and grab it and, and go at it and it's 
But it sounds I'm a sucker for jalapeno. I'm so, sucker for jalapenos, mac and cheese, and brisket and mac and cheese is a winning combination every time. Mm-hmm. And candied bacon, candied bacon is always going to sell Love me candied on bacon. it. So, so all right. What's your favorite favorite uh, omission here? My favorite omission. Favorite, favorite. If you could have one more pick, what would you grab? I'm really actually intrigued by these chicharron loaded nachos Ooh. because I don't do chicharrones very often, but yeah, they're neither. good. They're good. And nachos are easy. It's an easy fair food. Uh, and so you get the, so in this one, you've got smoked beef fajita meat scattered over the nachos, queso, and then you get some beef barbecue on top of it. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. You, know, you get the pork, of course you get the pork rinds cause that's what the chicharrones are. They're fresh pork mm-hmm. rinds if you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that gets you the crunchy stuff and you got the, the brisket and you've got the cheese and the queso, that's it's all good stuff. So I think Chicharron loaded. A lot, lot load of innovation really going good. on in the loaded fries and nacho space at the, the State <laughs> Fair of Texas this year. You, you really, yeah. you're going to see some wild stuff. I think that the um, the Oreo, I mean, the Oreo covered churro sounds pretty uh, enticing. That I, I yeah. feel like that's a good flavor combination. <laughs> and I think that the, did you see the deep fried Vietnamese coffee? I did see that. I was super intrigued by that. I'm that also I want to just try one. I, I, I I'm just also did. very I'm also very intrigued by the deep fried pho because yes. I don't understand how that works. Uh, I mean, it just sounds like it. an awesome burrito, doesn't it? I guess so. Yeah, it's noodles, it's deep beef, fri- herbs. deep fried pho is handcrafted, rolled up, deep fried Texas style. It is uh, noodles, sliced beef, fresh herbs, bean sprouts tied together with a broth for dipping. Lime, jalapeno, cilantro, hoisin sauce, sriracha. Interesting. I, I think, yeah, I think that's promising. It is. I think it's promising. And it was and one of the award winners. It was one of the of the the Big Tex, uh, mm-hmm. Big Choice Award, Big Tex Choice Awards. The Deep Fried Foe was one of the one of the finalists. So, uh, it's, well, it's I'm very excited to hear about your award winning sopapillas and whatever else <laughs> you get into out there. Um, don't you know this is this is you know diet. Diet, diet and calorie counting and all that. Don't don't mess with that on Saturday. Go, go seek happiness in the fairgrounds, Sam. You know, <laughs> live go your best life home. out there. And That's honestly, right. eat for the both of us. Okay, eat in my memory because I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember last year we, we bet on this, and I ended up having mm. to eat pickle pizza, which was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You, it lost, was fine. Lots yeah. of that. It was it was fine. But I won't be doing that this year. I'm going to save it all for stuff that I really want. But. Max, thanks for uh, joining me today. Uh, thank you all for listening to Max and Sam. Uh, next week, we will be publishing Tuesday afternoon. We're going to have a little bit of a scheduling quirk, so so it won't be hit your feeds on Tuesday morning next week. It'll hit your feeds Tuesday afternoon, so just be aware and be on the lookout for that because Max will be on the way back from his brother's wedding, and which is, of course, he mentioned, which is why he's going to miss Red River damn you but have fun be safe on, on tuesday's episode i will just ask sam to recap what happened in college football on saturday <laughs> for me i will read it all off the that, list but, oh god uh, that would be kind of a fun episode if you just someone if i went like completely blackout like ignored college football entirely for a day and then i had to have somebody recap it for i me. had that to explain explain everything that happened that would be that would be terrific but be sure you're subscribed to the until saturday feed so you're notified when new episodes or in the podcast, of course, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel to join us every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday for our live streams. Subscribe to the Until Saturday newsletter 
Link is in the show description. Thanks again for joining us, and we will talk to you next time.